0: This is The Voice, Michael Shirello. You're listening to the MM Maniacs Podcast.
1: You're listening to the MM Maniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. The grid on the way home from Lincoln, Rhode Island.
0: Now you all know where Matt Kona lives. Yeah, if I don't live there, that's
1: just where I illegally parked my car. We're going from one car to the whole.
0: Alright, from one illegally parked car to another. <laughs>
1: <laughs> from one, hope we didn't get towed, to another, hope we didn't get towed, and make this already. It was a long night, fun night of fights. It started off with some hectic Boston traffic, typically, and ended with a dominant performance by Matt the Mangler-Bissett defending his CES featherweight championship belt against a late notice,
0: Ray Trujillo, the chosen warrior,
1: fighting out of Houston, Texas.
0: Yeah, he was looking good the first half of the first round, but then think uh you know it was with dr
1: stoppage we should say i didn't say how the fight ended but it was really close well we
0: all thought it ended at the end of the second round because he ate two or possibly three unanswered knees to the dome and that's when kevin mcdonald stepped in and we thought oh I thought that was well. No, I shouldn't say we thought because yeah. you knew because you knew it was the end of the round.
1: I was like, oh, that's it. That's the end of the fight. Certainly, it was enough damage to warrant an end of the fight. It was just a, it, at the same time as the bell. It's a photo finish.
0: Yeah, and then the, when the when the doctor came in and looked over Mr. Trujillo, he realized that that was a uh,
1: yeah. Trujillo to take time so for him to hit damage. it. <laughs> yeah, he, he looked like he wasn't enthusiastic about getting up off the stool. No, the I mean the, the whole left.
0: The whole left side of his face looked like looked like he'd been hit with a baseball bat three or four times. It was not a pretty scene at yeah. all.
1: And I would be surprised if if Matt followed in the in the footsteps of the former bantamweight champion. Andre
0: Sukumtot. Well, I think he's still the Bantamweight champion. Well, because, he's, the Bantamweight, because, he's the
1: Bantamweight champion of CS, yes, but he had, to, he had to vacate it when he got signed for the UFC. Are you
0: sure? Because, uh, I, mean, because I think because he, I think he fought in CES again since his UFC
1: debut. No, he hasn't. He was supposed to headline the main event of uh, not the last one that, that we covered, but the one before that in Lincoln, and it got scrapped because he, he was added to... Uh, it was UFC 209. He's in uh, one of the prelim fights in UFC 209. So he has not fought. So when you sign with the UFC, you, they ret you for a couple fight deals. So he did have to vacate CES Bantamweight. Nothing has happened in terms of uh, anyone fighting for a vacant championship in the division so far. But he was on. he was in town today. He received the... Key to the city of Woonsocket, Rhode Island for, as well as his success in the UFC for the charity work he does with the Boys and Girls Club is given to him by the mayor of the city after the second fight of the night. So right when we got to the event tonight, Nick's ears perked up because he heard Gary Kerry Kennison being declared the unanimous decision victor in her professional debut over the undefeated up till then Jennifer Norris. So you
0: see Scary Carrie? You train with her at Team Link? Yeah, she's bad, man. She's tough. She is very tough. Yep. And she works her ass off, dude. She's always in the gym. She's always working. Now, what do you
1: think some of her specialties are? Because we weren't able to see the fight, obviously.
0: I think she's real well-rounded. I think she's real well-rounded. I think she's an all-around good fighter. Um, She's from like the sort of the new breed of mixed martial
1: artists that you don't yeah. focus in one discipline as much as everything a little bit? I think so.
0: I think so. But certainly had different. a nice
1: t shirt design and a lot of fans on hand to support her coming down from the... I I
0: really like that T shirt. I, I sent him a I saw that there's a there's a a, a Facebook group, our Team Luck Hooks at Facebook group and the the get the Head coach over at Team Link, Ed Carr, posted a picture of those guys with the shirts on, and I left them a message asking if he, Cause nobody ever gets any 3X shirts. They always <laughs> stop at 2X, and it pisses me off. Yeah, just one like, X away, bro. It's, 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 fat motherfuckers like t-shirts too, man. Yeah, you don't want to make wear some tight t-shirts t-shirt. for fat motherfuckers. I don't want to wear a tight t-shirt. I don't look good in tight t-shirts because I'm fat, <laughs> and it accentuates my fatitude. <laughs> I want to cool. let motherfuckers guess. <laughs> so, so we'll see her, man. Yeah, yeah she got a, she got a uh, unanimous decision win and uh, hopefully I can go back and check out the fight somewhere online yeah I'm sure there's some mm-hmm. team
1: link people on hand to take, a, to take some video footage I know that was before the televised prelims on Access TV but they do keep oh, some of them oh right they do keep uh, they do do the video production for the for the screens inside the arena so with that, that's always the possibility that it might have ended up on Access TV. Typically, you just, they just do that for the shorter fights in case right. there some, uh, some there's space some space, to, space fill. to fill. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't see Adam quit against Reginaldo Felix in the Battle of Framingham, and
0: we didn't look that up either because we both we both had a guess that Felix won, but you thought we would win by submission. Yeah, because Adam quit is his last name, right? So. And I thought he won by. Unanimous decision.
1: Yeah, and anyway, at any rate, it was an 0-3 Reginaldo Phoenix, Felix, excuse me, against a 1-4 Adam Quit. So, not guys you're gonna hear from necessarily in the UFC, but all respect to the fighters that show up at the CES cage, because especially kicking off a fight like that, in a very heavily Rhode Island-centric crowd, these two guys from Framingham. So even if they did have supporters, there's definitely crossover. It's a good, uh, it's a good challenge to be able to jerk the curtain on that kind of night.
0: Fucking curtain jackets from way back, dude. <laughs>
1: and then uh, we saw the ceremony with uh, Supantat, and after that, it was Toby TNT Odin against Paul Sims, making his pro debut out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now, Toby TNT, Odin, Lincoln, Rhode Island. Crowd in his favor. And, uh, I mean, that was a good fight. I mean, out of a long night of bouts, I think there was 12 total. Let's see. 11 fights total.
0: Uh, Which we thought... I just remember that eight. one
1: being pretty violent.
0: Uh,
1: Odin... I believe you got the TKO in that one. I was still suffering from Taco Bell withdrawal by the time I got there.
0: You know, it's a tough thing after watching a night of fights with mostly fighters that you don't know to to recount that stuff. And it's a... You know, it's you look at Michael Chevelle and Pat Milicic, and they make it look easy like they're just recalling these things up they have a truckload of people that are whispering shit in their ears and they're reminding of of the fights and they're telling them all this shit in their ear they're going yeah he won by TKO so at the end of the night when they do their wrap up they're getting an earful of it the whole time and then they're studying it as they're going through the night and trying to remember it so it's not like you know this is I'm going left here okay And they have the benefit of the replays, too, in
1: between rounds while they're trying to analyze it. Uh, we're kind of... Right, we're trying of Where we're seated, cage-side, the media, we kind of had the door view, so uh, we do have a little bit more obstruction we're dealing with as
0: well. Yeah, we have like a... I've got like a four or five fight back memory at this point, so the three or four fights that might have happened in the beginning, I might not remember quite right, as well. Right, it's easier for us to work backwards, for sure. But it's... And then there's certain fights that have, that are more memorable than others for different reasons. You know, for me, I, I'm probably one of the more unmemorable fights of the night, unfortunately, uh, because I'm a former teammate of and fan of John Manley. Um, it, it, that's why it's a memorable fight to me, because I was rooting for John Manley. But the fight itself was pretty lackluster. Uh, it was a three round unanimous decision that went to his opponent, which was, was it Wallow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Wallow. Who, uh. Manny,
1: Manny Wallow. That was a confusing one. Manny versus (laughs) Manly.
0: Right. Uh, and so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an incredibly impressive victory for Wallow. It was just, he got off more strikes. He, uh, he provided more pressure. Um, he connected more with the strikes that he did throw, he threw more volume, connected more with the volume that he threw, Uh, but there was nothing ultra impressive about his victory, and... uh, Yeah,
1: he's pretty technically sound, and, and, and ring rust is real, I mean, Manly hadn't fought since November 2015.
0: That's true, yeah. Since being KO'd by Mike Perry. Yeah, who's a fucking juggernaut in the UFC right now. That's... That dude is fucking. Yeah, he's a hard hitter. That man. That dude's freaky. He's a freaky, freaky, freaky dude, man. Yeah, he's a guy that. Likes he's a real people. strange human being. Uh, I I like watching him. I like watching everything about him because I don't feel like he's ever anybody that I would ever want to hang out with. Uh, like he doesn't. See I wouldn't him. want to see him at a bar. I would think. Oh just, no way. He
1: would think I brushed against him from across the bar or try to wipe my face. Oh out. yeah, that
0: guy's definitely been a lot of bar fights in his life. Yeah, you and can I brought tell. a face tattoo. Yeah. yeah. I wish I knew what that said. It's like a little it says word. It's platinum, platinum. Oh. Like Perry. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so cheese dick. Yeah. He's just nobody I'd ever hang out with, but I love watching him. I love his just the stupid way he talks and. Yeah, I mean... And he's just an animal. He's an animal. He's he's great to watch, you know? Yeah, I mean, he he elbowed the
1: fuck out of Jake Ellenberger, possible KO of the year candidate. And and that was a fight that Mike Perry had to win anyway. And and he had just lost the unanimous decision against Alan Joban in in their previous go-round UFC on Fox. So,
0: but... We'll I, don't know, I, don't if a, I don't know if it was a must win for him because that dude... Uh, yeah even, but he a in, hype even him. in loss even in loss he is a he is a fucking very interesting person to watch fight and he generates a lot of interest he just, generates there's good there's it's it's good to have people that like you and dislike you because either way they either want to see you win or they want to see you get knocked out you know yeah. uh, it's the it's the oh, yeah, uh, uh, take this one. it's the uh Chael Sonnen effect, you know, like I, I used to, you know, now that, now that it's, now that I'm much more hip to who he is as a person, it doesn't affect me nearly as much because now it's just kind of silly WWF cartoonish kind of nonsense, but, um, sorry, this came on quick. Uh, But when I when he first started on the scene, I just like I just wanted to see him get the shit knocked out of him. I just wanted to see him get beat up because he just wouldn't shut his dumb mouth. And now I now I go, oh, I totally get it now. And you know it's hard to. Every once in a while, you hear an interview with him where he gets real, and you go, oh, all right, I see who that guy is. I see what that's all about. He's just a very smart guy who is able. to play that role of the heel in an MMA setting yeah. and do it well, and and do it really well, do it as good as any WWF guy that's ever lived, you know? I mean, he's... I yeah, mean, but he, it's,
1: it's weird, though, when you have the... Well, he's got his own podcast. So you hear Chael Sonnen speaking from the heart, and then you see him at this news conference talking about Vanderlei Silva call me sir, and all this shit, Mr. Sonnen, and all this shit, and, and then even talking shit about Fedor right next to him, granted, Fedor doesn't understand English, so he's got to wait for the whole translated version of the press conference, and it just comes off as a little bit, ah, okay, I know what you're doing, but you don't really need to sell this. This is Bellator's debut in Madison Square Garden, there's something like three title fights, they've got Fedor, and and uh, fuck that pronunciation up. Which would arguably be the main event. The only reason it's not is because he got pulled from the main event last time, and you don't want to take that same risk.
0: But and I, and I bet if I had to if I had to venture a guess, I would I would bet that Fedor doesn't want to fight five rounds.
1: Yeah, that's a good that's a, certainly a good guess. But the thing is, Bellator doesn't do five rounds like Chael Sonnen. That fight's not going to be five rounds either because Bellator. D- they only do five rounds for title fights. Oh, so look at you. Rounds.
0: Yeah. Look so. Get the
1: big brain on
0: Brad. <laughs> I think that's something that they should change, honestly, but. Uh, yeah, really exciting, interesting fights like that. I, I mean, I think they should. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, run. I don't know that it's I mean, exciting. Like the, like it's
1: weird to have three undercard fights be five rounders, followed by a co main and a main event. They're three rounders. Oh, there are three t- undercard title fights? Yeah.
0: Oh wow, I didn't and know that. And not even
1: on the pay-per-view part, it's, it's, hey, uh, the headliner of the Spike is Ryan Bader against Mr. Wonderful, uh. Huh. That's a fun is, is that for the light heavyweight title? Yeah, yeah, Phil Davis rematch oh. with huh. Ryan Bader for the light heavyweight title. That's on the free TV, live on Spike. Alright, I'm gonna,
0: let's, uh, I'm gonna take the day off. We're going to that. Alright. Let's yeah. go to that. <laughs> we got the tickets.
1: All right, couple more highlights from the CES card. We got Carlos Candelario uh, come on like a fucking bat out of hell, just annihilating his opponent, Harlem, Jesus. New York's John uh, the Dark Car can't read John the F- John Sumter in just over a minute and a half. Yeah, just he punishment.
0: Like a, yeah, he looked like a fucking. Unleashed beast, man! I I, I I look forward to seeing that dude again.
1: Yeah, so absolutely Now That's yeah Is that bantamweight? Yeah, bantamweight. Yeah, so, it was bantamweight. yeah, so there you go. You got Sukum tots in the UFC. You got a vacant title. You got an exciting local prospect. I mean, that's what that's what the big draw for these CES cards is, uh, at least over at Twin River in, in Lincoln, Rhode Island. So. Uh, they're not going to rush a guy like that. They'll probably work him up through the division a little bit more. But bantamweight is certainly an exciting part. And you got Cody Nordby, who just, well, dropped out to flyweight. Um, I don't know. Maybe they could meet at a catchweight or, or something. Or maybe he wants to move back now that the title is open. Uh, certainly a little bit more on the prospects up at bantamweight, though. Norby did get KO'd by Sukumtot, so it's part of the reason that he moved down.
0: Yeah, that was funny to me that uh, that Nordby got the call before Sukhumtot did after he got KO'd by Sukhumtot.
1: <laughs> now, uh, further up the card, Mike Rodriguez. I saw him at CES over in Beverly, Mass. They made their North Shore debut. This guy is on some kind of run. He's had about three or four first-round finishes in a row. This one, he took a lot He took a lot more work. Now, you talked to his opponent a little bit uh, outside the fight. Afterwards, Alex Hubin, fighting out of Lake, uh, Pompton Lake, New Jersey, right? The guy who was on the ground with him.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did a... I didn't talk to him. Oh, I thought you said good fight to him. Was that the guy? No, 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 no. That was uh what was that dude's name? Oh, Sparrow. Sparrow. Right, yeah, yeah, me, that was Sparrow. Me. Yep. Yeah, that was Sparrow who I talked to outside. I really like Sparrow. I like to. I really like guys who have uh, have active active jits off their off their back. Uh, I don't. I see a lot of really passive guys who get pull guys into their guard and then they don't do much even i see super high level jiu-jitsu guys like really high level jiu-jitsu guys that don't work aren't putting in enough work off their back that's why i really respect guys like that like that like he was a, he was from lows low he was from i think i'm correct saying that he was trained with Lozon. yeah i think that lozon was in his corner but that's a that's a trademark of lows and is constantly fishing for Submissions off his back. Uh, he was fighting on a pro elite. But yeah, Lozon, but yeah, but Lozon it, the Lozon, but in Lozon was in his corner. That's true. Lozon was in his corner. and They had those bright green right. T-shirts on.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that said, Lozon. On but uh, yeah, not to skip around. Not yeah, to, oh, not yeah to, we're not doing to a lot of sequence, but you. Uh, well, I just I wanted I like to talk about that guy because I yeah, he, even right though he right, lost right. the fight, I, I was rooting for him and I, I really look forward to seeing him again. He's just, he's a guy that, Sparrow's a guy that really needs a wrestling clinic. And not enough really good jiu-jitsu guys have good takedowns. They're great when they're on the ground, and they're great if they're in the scramble and they're on the ground, but they are not, there's so many really high-level guys that aren't, that are, both of those things aren't working hard off their back, and they aren't, uh, and and they don't have good takedowns, and it's usually one or the other. Uh, but sometimes it's both. This one, it's it was one or the other. Uh, he, he doesn't. He had very sloppy shots for takedowns. Yeah, wasn't uh, setting him up. With strikes. And, he, and he wasn't setting him. Up, he, he wasn't setting him up with strikes. He went like one in the first round. The second round, he went for like three, and they were all sloppy as shit. Um, Sorry, I'm just trying to pay attention to all these fucking yeah, arrows right. in the. There's like three giant car-sized arrows right in the middle of the road, so uh, I'm trying to slow slow the fuck down before yeah, I this, crash this. And, and this is a white-ass turn you see coming up. Gosh, uh, yeah, we're doing like a like a 360 loop-de-loop on around the corner to shoot up the 93 North here. Uh... I just, it bums me out when I see guys that are that high level on the ground that don't have good takedowns, uh, because it limits their ability to perform where they're their best because if someone that has good takedown defense, or in this case, doesn't didn't even have to really have good takedown defense because the takedowns were not that great. Um, but it allows somebody that doesn't have even great takedown defense to thwart off his takedowns. And if he doesn't want to be on the ground, he just stands up, you know? I mean, he did. He threw up, dude. That was the one thing that did really impress me. He threw up a fucking flying triangle and almost had it. It was so close, dude. He had the foot behind his neck, and the and the he went to throw the other one up over his shoulder, and the dude caught it right at the last second. Right at the last second, it was so just like I don't want to say lucky that it was a lucky catch, but. I mean, that was some kind of matrix shit if he saw the leg coming up and caught it. I feel like he just reacted and his hand was there and it blocked that leg from coming over and and getting the, uh, getting the, the flying triangle. But that was impressive, and he had a couple of really good armbar attempts from the bottom that were real close. Those were close, man. He had some extension on both of those. Both of those arm bars. And it was some of the best jiu-jitsu I saw all night. Just those three things right there. Both of those arm bar attempts. Uh, oh, and then he had him... Uh, there was another time he had him in a triangle and uh, and switched to an omoplata right at the very end of the round. And it was right at the fucking end of the round and the omoplata was fucking tight. The omoplata, when he let go of that omoplata, the arm popped out of there so fast and hard, popped out of there because it was almost, th- like, that was, that would have been a finish if it was another minute and a half in that round. Yeah,
1: there was a lot of real close, I mean, we, we already mentioned the main event, a lot of real close right at the bell finishes to rounds where just a second, second longer sometimes could have made the difference.
0: But that's why, it, out of those two fighters, even though the other dude won, that guy, Sparrow, impressed me more. Yeah, he went for it. I mean, Sparrow was just a good boxer, you know? just had
1: technical skills, good head movement, was able to stay out of Sparrow's world and had good takedown defense. When he did get down, he was able to spring back up again. So, I mean, I know what you're saying. Are you fighting to win? you Are fighting not to lose? And Sparrow took more chances, put himself out there, but fortunately got victimized by being outpointed during the during the fight. And we got into Manly versus Wallow. Uh, Jacob Bone... Against Sean
0: Soriano, now Soriano—that yes, was the one that Sor- that was Soriano. That was the guy that fucking demolished him, right? Yeah, he, he just kicked and the and shit half. out of his leg. Oh no, yeah, no, that was a leg. That was a leg. That was that right? That was a yeah.
1: right, right. It uh, was also a doctor stoppage because it happened right at the end of the. No, it was the round was not over, but it was on its way to ending.
0: Well, and that just was a I, low
1: leg kick, almost like the bot, the base of the shin onto the top of the ankle.
0: L- let's just say that. Uh, we—I didn't we start. I'm sorry for this, but we did an entire cast uh, and, yes. where we called the whole fights, and there was a technical glitch at the end, and we lost all of it, unfortunately. Uh, I was that so technical
1: glitch. I, I
0: wasn't—I not wasn't going to throw you under the no, bus, no, but no. whatever. I'm under the uh, bus. So, uh, you know, there was a there was a snafu, and we lost all the fucking information. It's—it's it's an unfortunate. I got to—I need to find another machine that doesn't have that glitch because the second time. That we've recorded for three hours and, and lost all of the information. Um, and the first time someone else unplugged us and, (laughs) uh, so, uh, but what I was saying during that fight, uh, the, uh, uh, the bones versus what's his name? Yeah, uh, John Bones lost to Sean Soriano. Yeah, Soriano. The, the, what I was saying in that fight in the second round, it was, it was. It was. It was. It was very clear even in the first round because he was taking shots to that leg, and I was like, "Man, if he keeps taking those shots, he's gonna. He's gonna get knocked out. It's gonna. He's gonna lose because of that leg. He's gonna. He's gonna go down because of that leg." I said it a few times, and then at the end of the second round, that was at the second or the third. Uh
1: believe at the end. At the end of the second. Yeah.
0: At the end of the end of the second round, that was it. He was. He was taking leg kicks and. Kevin McDonald, Kevin McDonald, Kevin McDonald, Kevin McDonald. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna appear like Beetlejuice. <laughs> or, uh, Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, Kevin McDonald stepped in to stop the fight due to leg kicks, which you don't see often, but it was rendering him defenseless because he was getting kicked in it as much, so much that he was losing his ability to stand upright. So.
1: Yeah, good stoppage. Kevin McDonald, excellent referee. Surprisingly we're going to see more of him in the UFC. But the, uh, especially in the New York State Athletic Commission, they could use a guy like him to kind of referee snafus they've had over the last couple of cards.
0: All right, beyond that. Not, it's good to use with Bjorn Ribney. Bjorn, 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 oh yeah, b- 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 we got we had the heavyweights, b- b- the, heavyweights.
1: the heavyweights. Greg Ribs Ribello put it to Kevin King. Sorry, King Kevin Ray Sears it was a much bigger guy. So it's always good to see a heavyweight where uh, the only weight class where there could be a super significant weight differential and a smaller guy come (laughs) out on top.
0: There was a big weight difference between those guys. I would say there's probably 30 pounds or more. 30 or 40 pounds weight difference between those two guys. Sears moved pretty fast for a big guy like that. He He just kind of choreographed his overhands and ribs. He's just got good boxing, good head movement. Yeah, I mean, Sears was not a very tactical fighter at all. His, His, he was throwing fucking wing nut haymakers the whole time. Like, most of his punches were just wung. He was just flinging them out there. Um, and sometimes he would connect, but on the feet, I felt rubello was getting the better of it, for sure, and on the ground, for sure. Um, and it was really funny, because the first and second round, I'm oh, sorry, the second and third rounds both ended exactly the same. They both ended in, uh, it started off in a position where, uh, they were both on their knees and, uh, uh, what was the guy's name? Was it Bones? Uh, Sears and Ravello. Uh, so they're both on their knees. Sears shooting in for a takedown. He has one leg wrapped and, uh Rebello uh, uh Jesus Christ I'm getting everybody's fucking name <laughs> wrong Sears and Rebello yeah so the both a- rounds ended with both guys on their knees Sears on the bottom with Rebello sprawled and Sears having one leg wrapped and then both times Sears locked up a uh uh guillotine and then and then laid back into it but both times he wasn't able to get a hook around him, and both times, it was the exact same. It was the exact same ending both times. Except the 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 third round, it happened. Uh, it happened with enough time left that he was able to sink in his dars. Both happened both times. He he sat back into the guillotine, and the dude rolled out of it, and they both ended up on their backs, head to head, in this weird kind of guillotine thing, and then uh, Rabello trying to sink a darse... And then, uh, the, but the second time, at the end of the third round, he was able to get it with seconds remaining. But I'm guessing that he practices that a lot where he uh, he does that exact thing where he sits back for the guillotine, realizes it's not tight enough, so lets the guy flop over on his back, but he's actually falling into a trap into that dar. so... It was an interesting finish. There was like, there was just a matter of seconds left. I think it was under 10 seconds left on the clock when he got that. Yeah, in the ra- fight. late in the third round. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, that's cool. And, and, I mean, Ribs Ribello has done well at heavyweight and he's, I mean, he's mid-30s, which is kind of young in the UFC heavyweight division. And he said he, it's the best he's felt in his life and there's not that
0: much Miles was yeah. on his body. He's... Yeah, I mean, he was. T- He's talking about the UFC right after a fight like that, and I. Was... I mean, to be fair, the guys at Access
1: TV—they're always asking about them. They're, they kind of want to feed into that. They like to be the, the.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. They 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 pride themselves on kind of being a feeder, feeder for the UFC, and and they, they like that that you know, being that kind of feeder organization. Yeah, I, I uh, see your point. Where, and where I get it, but it's it. like. It, it seems like people, I don't know if they... Uh, when are the belt into their, one of these
1: regional things maybe before you go...
0: Yeah, it just wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't... The guy that, you know, I, I don't think that the guy he was fighting was really that impressive of a heavyweight at all. I mean, I think... Yeah. I can't think of one heavyweight fighter that that guy is going to be able to handle. You know? Maybe Anthony Hamilton... You know, but yeah. at the same time, it's just like he's a real short guy. He's short for heavy heavyweight. He's—I I was saying this when we were recording it before. He—he could—he looks like he could easily make light heavyweight. Yeah, I bet that I guy. I think he I, may have fought at light heavyweight in the past. Right? He looked like he was walking. He looked like he was in that ring at like 230, which yeah. two thirty. Which at two thirty,
1: guys think, that are walking
0: around at two thirty cut to two hundred five all the time. Mm-hmm. Because guys that are that big have to have that much extra chub on them. It's easy to drop 25 pounds. Yeah, I'll sweat it off. For for me, if I was a f- professional fighter, I walk around at 260 pounds right now. If I wanted to drop, let's say there was a cruiserweight. Uh, yeah, let's say there was a cruiserweight, and I'm at 260. I could drop 45 pounds in a month easily to get to a, get into a fight yeah. to get to 225. Easily drop 45 pounds. I've got 60 pounds of fat on me. I'm probably 200 pounds of man and 60 pounds of fat. So I could drop 45 pounds easy. It's just fat. Yeah. And not lose any strength at all. Gain strength. Yeah, yeah. You know? Gain speed. Yeah, I mean,
1: maybe he goes to Bellator. Honestly, I've seen some really sloppy heavyweights in some of the Bellator prelims. And they, they do a lot of regional stuff, so they have local guys when they come to Connecticut, yeah, like, so maybe you make that jump initially first to kind of yeah, move like your way say, up the ladder.
0: I agree to that. I agree wholeheartedly to that. I think he's ready for Bellator.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I, and that's this guy,
1: if you're a heavyweight, in you just have to stay ready, stay in fight shape. In case there's a late notice thing, in case you got to fly to Croatia, or you got a weird thing, or Bellator or go to Oklahoma City or Kansas City or one of these regional. I mean, that's things. the
0: beautiful. That's the one beautiful thing about heavyweights is they don't have to do that fucking insane weight. Yeah, style. right.
1: You're not going to. They're just are pretty much. your body. Yeah, they're
0: pretty much walking around at what they're going to fight at. You know, maybe they have to lose 15 or 20 pounds, but at that size, that's nothing. Losing 15 to 20 pounds when you're a 160 pounder and you're trying to get down to 145, that's a lot of fucking weight, 15 pounds from 160. When you're 280 and you have to get down to the 265 limit, that's nothing. That's missing two meals out of 10 for five weeks straight. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. You know? Absolutely. So let's talk a little about heavyweight. We've kind of transition from the CES card. We've talked about all the fights we saw. We talked about the main event. Matt, I, Mangler-Bissett retaining the featherweight title in exciting fashion.
0: Yeah, he, that is someone I would like to see in the UFC. He's that guy is a fucking animal. Yeah, he's marketable, too. So. Yeah, he's exciting. He's exciting to watch. He brings it. The guy does not have a boring fight. Well, I like that he always wears pink too. That is not a tough guy color,
1: but he is a badass. He's the Mangler, and he backs it up. He's got a big following.
0: Who Seems was like the guy figure? that was dressed up like superheroes
1: before? Oh yeah, yeah. Just uh, <laughs> reminded me of it. When yeah, because he he's done a couple of these CES fights. Yeah, good. right. It uh, doesn't. Re- it's like, not jumping out right at me uh, at the moment, but like I said, you no. Know, you have such a catalog. Our, our brains
0: are kind of fried. Yeah. yeah. you have such a catalog that shit. I I thought you might. <laughs> there's a There's a possibility that you still might. It still might come up before the end of this podcast. Uh, you know. You make a good point.
1: Hmm. All right. By the time this recording is out, UFC 2-11? 11 will be in the books. Uh-huh. Dallas, Texas. Speaking of heavyweights, heavyweight title. Junior Dos Santos in the rematch against Stipe Miocic. In a very tightly contested second go-around from their 2013 fight before they were... Uh, well, it was a non-title fight. Dos Santos had been the champion at that point. He had a very short run. He, he's the first man to dethrone Cain Velasquez in the... That was the first UFC on Fox. That was UFC on Fox 1.
0: Yeah, was it was supposed to be a l- big, big deal. Yeah, and back and then, they- that
1: was the only fight on the card, too, because they thought it was going to be a big five-round heavyweight main event. Yeah. And so they didn't even broadcast the undercard. The undercard was on Facebook or something, and there was some big fights on that, too, and, and it ended up just being kind of a big disaster on the UFC's part. For their big network debut, Cain Velasquez getting knocked out in the first round by Junior Dos Santos, JDS.
0: Yeah, that was a that was a big, big disaster for the UFC. Yeah, they ended
1: up having a trilogy fight, Kane winning the, the next, to take his title back,
0: uh, yep. the next two. Yep. In fact, it just battering Dos Santos the second time. Yeah, battering Isn't... him the second time for a decision and the third time, out. Yeah, yeah, that was our mercy stoppage
1: the second time.
0: Yeah.
1: And Kane is sort of the man of the shadows. We haven't, we haven't heard from him since UFC 200. He was impressive against Travis Brown. He was supposed to have a rematch against Fabricio Verdum. Did an interview on the lead-up talking about how he could barely stand up for five minutes at a time. And it was immediately pulled from the big Ronda Rousey card... That was UFC 207,
0: and, uh... So disappointing. It's it's been, like, three or four fights that he's been pulled from. He's... He's only fought twice in something like the last three or four years. uh, It's pretty crazy. It's It's been, like, three different times he's been pulled, uh... Yeah, it's super he, disappointing because he, uh, you know, the way
1: that he dismantled Brock Lesnar, that kind of shook me to my
0: core. I mean, I know I, I'll tell you what, man, I don't get more excited for to watch anybody than to watch Cain Velasquez. I don't get more. He's the he he's the guy that excites me the most to watch because I feel like he's the fucking baddest man on the planet, and. Yeah, when Verdun beat him, it was like seeing your dad get beaten up. It was bad, dude. Yeah. I I was like, ugh. it was a bad deal. Because I don't, and I'm I'm a, a Verdun fan. I really like Verdun a lot, but I don't feel like I, I don't know what the fuck happened, man. But I God, don't it was feel, elevation, man. Yeah, no, was I know. There it was, three, it was definitely yeah, that three months. It was, it was in definitely advance. it was definitely that had some. I'm not, I don't want to try and make excuses for Kane Velasquez. The dude doesn't need me to make any excuses for him. Uh, yeah, Verdum's you know, a, Verdum's a
1: good fighter. Verdum's He's a great
0: fighter, but I don't think that ever happens ever again. Yeah. I don't think he outworks, nobody fucking outworks Kane Velasquez. Yeah, he got tricked though. He got tricked into,
1: and jumped into that. Uh, guillotine and we're doing news. Yeah, but
0: he but he was getting outworked way before that. He was, that. he
1: was, he was gassing, and he, he was, was getting, way gassing. Uh, and he was We never have
0: seen him gas. Yeah. Never.
1: Yeah. I think his body let him down. But this fight is about Junior Dos Santos, who was coming in uh, only on a one-fight win streak because not too long ago UFC on Fox in December of 2016, I want to say. It was the Cowboy Cerrone versus uh, Rafael Dos Santos for the lightweight championship. How long ago that was. Cowboy's final fight at lightweight. It was on the undercard of that from Florida.
0: was such a disappointing fight.
1: And, and, yeah. So disappointing. And, and that, was, uh, that was Dos Santos's last victory. I mean, not Dos Anos's last victory. And... Alistair Overeem was able to defeat Dos Santos in what was an extremely boring first round. They were just paw- pawing at each other. Yeah. Overeem was just kind of waiting for this one thing, and he saw it, and he was able to jump on it, and he kind of... It, it looked like he just knows where to hit. I mean, Overeem was a guy been kickboxing forever, over 30 professional fights. Yeah,
0: he's a K-1 champion. And he just
1: found the weak spot. He found the, the gap... In the armor of Junior Dos Santos, and just laid him out, knocked him out cold. But then we saw from Croatia, Junior Dos Santos just put on a clinic. Looked like a completely different fighter, and taking out Ben Rothwell, who was a heavyweight that had all the momentum in the world behind him.
0: Yeah, after that, after that big submission win over uh, over uh, yeah Josh Barnett, Josh never Barnett, been submitted. yeah. I mean that—that that was a—that's a giant featherness cap that he had. Uh, uh, Who else was in that run? He also beat uh, Gonzaga. Um, yeah, he yeah, it was on like a three or four fight run when when he ran into uh, to Dos Santos.
1: Yeah, it was his first main advance. I don't know if he wilted under the pressure, but it was just a. Uh... And yeah, we haven't seen yeah, no, Rothwell since then. I mean, yeah, I honestly, he just got class the whole time. It was just a boxing clinic. Uh, Dos Santos is certainly one of the best boxers in the heavyweight division. Yeah, if not the best. Yeah, he calls himself the fastest. But then then again, another great boxer in the heavyweight division is Stipe Miocic. I mean, his head coach, he's uh, he's probably the skinniest boxing coach in the, in the UFC. But, you know, something, he, Stipe has looked Good, the way he's just been able to have that accuracy. He defeated Alistair Overeem as a big comeback fight. UFC 206 in Cleveland? No, no, 203 in Cleveland. I was there, I should remember. And then prior- I was supposed to be there. (laughs) Yeah, and then prior to that, Stipe just cleaned the clock to win the title of Fabrizio Verdun going backwards. Just knocked him. That was when, like, it was just a building being demolished just seeing Verdum chasing after him getting clipped on the chin in front of a soccer stadium full of Brazilian fans just going uh, silent it was like the air was sucked out of a like an astronaut being sucked out of a space shuttle in a sci-fi movie it was just and then there was nothing yeah, and then and before that uh, just uh, the fuck uh, out of Mark Hunt in Auckland New Zealand as well
0: uh Rothwell was supposed to be on that card and then something happened, right? Yeah, Rothwell was... um, He was supposed to be on that card and then he got an injury or something happened. Yeah, in fact,
1: I want to say it was supposed to be Rothwell against Verdum and ended up being Travis Brown stepping in for a rematch with Verdum. And that was, of course, (laughs) the fight where there was almost Verdum versus Edmund afterwards in the... In the octagon Oh yeah
0: Yeah Where Edmund Edmund kicked With Like The yeah. fuck are you thinking You fucking 170 pound dipshit No no Edmund tried to take A
1: swing at him And Verdoom Kind of gave him A teep kick Oh it was, yeah it was right, that, right It
0: was Verdoom That gave him a And little that was keep.
1: also my One of my favorite Verdoom moments The beginning of that fight Where he just ran Across the cage And kicked Travis Brown In the face Yeah And that was some Fucking Johnny Cage and Street Fighter 2 sh- Or Marvel Kombat Type of shit very entertaining. We're looking for exit 11, by the way. Yo, 11. This podcast goes to 11.
0: But this one goes to 11.
1: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, you know what? Heavyweight is still an interesting division. That's why it, it's uh, it's kind of tough when you got the... And, and by this time, there will be a champion. Now, let's just get down to the nitty-gritty. Does Stipe... Defend. Now, he lost a close decision. It, well, I believe it was a unanimous decision against Dos Santos before. It was close going into the final round, but I think Dos Santos just had that extra oomph from the gas tank. And Stipe also went for about 13 takedowns in that fight, so that is going to drain a lot of energy from you. Where yeah. do you stand?
0: Uh All right, well, so we were talking about this on the ride down, and I have not changed my mind since then. I uh, here's here's the two biggest factors for me looking at this fight. Uh, one, Junior Dos Santos has had his lights turned off too many times, and two, Stepe Mioc- Miocic is not is a way better fighter than he was the first time that those guys met. So those are the two main mitigating factors for me to make a decision. I I think it's going to be Miocic. Miocic. Um, Having said that, Dos Santos still has the best hands. He's still the best pure boxer, I think, in the heavyweight division. But you can get, you know, you can get clipped, man. Look at... Look at Cain Velasquez. I don't think Cain, I don't think Cain Velasquez is nearly as good of a boxer as Judy Dos Santos, but he fucking beat him standing up the last two fights. Yeah. You know? And I think Dos Santos is a much better stand up fighter, but that's not a boxing match. It's an MMA fight. You know? Absolutely. But, I mean, listen. But, but it, having said all that, Dos Santos can knock any motherfucker on this planet out with one shot. Bank, the nights. Yeah. And, so who yeah. knows? I I I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it'll go to a decision. I don't think this one's gonna go to a decision. But yeah, we've it, seen them. They've seen them fight to a decision before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You okay. Know? Listen, I, I I take that in, and I, I I agree with you, and I do think that while Dos Santos put on a boxing clinic against Ben Rothwell, Ben Rothwell is an awkward fighter. He is yeah, not a in a boxing stand. He's standing flat-footed and even with you, pawing at you. The guy's a giant bear. Well, he's throwing
0: these weird, like hooky, these yeah. little, little weird hooky punches. Yeah. It, um, and when so he it's easier. Punches. He's not. He's not a straight up the middle puncher. He's not. He's not. You he wouldn't be. You wouldn't be considered an orthodox anything stand up fighter. It wouldn't be considered an orthodox kickboxer. Next. Or orthodox. Is this it? Oh, yeah, uh, no, no. Next text. Uh... Yeah, so I think that
1: sort of, it kind of gave us a a false sense of, oh, this is the new Junior Santos, like what an incredible boxer he is. Because, yeah, he was a good boxer, but he was
0: fighting a guy that wasn't boxing him back. Right. In comparison, he looked like a fucking machine. Yeah, if
1: you want to make an analogy, it's sort of like, go back to the Revolutionary War. The British soldiers fought in line with drummers. The American Patriots, they fought guerrilla warfare style. Like, they weren't gonna walk right at you and throw down if you had a gun. They had no ammunition, so they had to come from weird sides. And, in this case, Juju Dos Santos was the Brit- I mean, was the Americans. And Ben Rothwell was the British, just kinda walking towards you. Um, So, I think that Miocic is a good boxer. And he hits hard, man. I would say he hits harder than Dos Santos. And dude does damage. He he can take damage too. I mean, he's been knocked out before. He's been knocked out by uh, what's his name, the tall Dutchman, dude. Uh.
0: Skyscraper.
1: Stefan Struve. Yeah, Stefan Struve before. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time ago, but he was knocked out of that fight. Here we go uh, against uh fucking overrate He came back. But early in that fight, he got knocked. You saw the, you saw the, yeah, the eyes nice. glaze over, and he was almost choked out in a guillotine. Which, of course, Overeem said, in a concussed state, that he, <laughs> he tapped him out from. Which yeah, not the case. That was,
0: that was, painful to watch. Yeah. But at the same point,
1: Stepe. All right. So, uh, I'm I'm very much on the fence here too. But I think just listening to your answer and talking myself into it, thinking more back on the Rothwell fight. Uh, I'm gonna side with you. I'm gonna say that Stipe uh, knocks him out. So since we both have the same answer, I'm gonna need you to choose a I'll round. I'll go or do you want... three. I'll okay. go round three. All right, there we go. Uh, I'll have my bet. I'll say round two. Round two knockout. All right, because that was sort of early on, such as when the Overeem fight uh, ended. Ooh. Now co-main event. Now this one, Joanna Jędrzejczyk. Going for her fifth title defense against Jessica Andrade, who has dropped down from bantamweight to go for the. And she's
0: that's a lot of weight. She's yeah, twenty pounds. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of weight.
1: Yes, yeah, that's a lot of weight. She was a short bantamweight, and she looks at, she, like she hit hard at bantamweight, and she still hits as hard. But now she's faster. She's leaner and meaner. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a that's a scary fight for for Joanna. Because uh, Joanna got rocked by Karolina Kovalevich, who uh, is a good fighter, but t- doesn't have nearly the punching power of Jessica Andrade. So I'm guessing, go right? I'm guessing something like that happens, and you are. You might not have as much time to recover because Andrade is also really good on the ground. Uh, she choked out Joanna Joanne Calderwood, who I believe had never been submitted to that point too, and t- trains out there at TriStar, some of the best submission defense in North America. Uh, I mean Joanna's with Team uh, American Top Team now. In fact, American Top Team is involved in seventy percent of this card. Crazy. Seven out of the eleven fights on the card. Or, or 11 out of the 13 fights. Some some ridiculous percentage is uh, American Top Team. That's in that. That you got Mike Brown wearing like eight different fight kits tonight. <laughs> well, it's going to look like he's wearing a parka because he just puts one just on over it. the other and just peels them off.
0: Mike Brown is fucking like getting fat. What's yeah, yeah, what's up with Mike
1: Brown? He's, is he cutting weight during this event? By the time <laughs> I they get, think to he the lost main twenty event. pounds yeah. in the last. I don't know. Yeah, because you got De Santos. He, he's in the. Co-mains. Oh, I didn't
0: know. I didn't know De Santos was Yeah, he's, um, he's
1: he's with ATT mm. you now, uh, or at least just you know at the end stage of his fight. He's he's living in Brazil, but uh, so you got that. God, man, I, I really don't want to pick against Ioana, but I think it could. Go Andrage's way, so
0: I don't I think for pure strikers that you know, Yana is top probably top five in the UFC, if not the best. Yeah. Pure striker in the UFC. Her her punches are so crisp and so clean and so on fucking point. But Andrage is a fucking animal. She just has power, man. She hits like a fucking light heavyweight man. (laughs) You know? She just cleans motherfuckers' clocks. And now she's faster? And now she's stronger? Fuck. Yeah,
1: the thing is, it's a five-round fight. Andrade just never fought five rounds. And I know she beat the... Invict the champion Angela Hill, but I mean the, yeah, the, the Angela, level of competition. Angela Hill's the level of competition. It, yeah, that's a not even it was a fight of the night. It. it was a good fight, but it was a lopsided United yeah. decision win. Um, alright we're gonna be taking a left up here. It kinda goes a V curve. Alright. Apparently we're like, supposed to be that straight but take this next Or just keep going straight. Um Doing. Yeah. Okay. So I think I've talked myself out of it. No, no. Keep going straight. So uh, I'm, I'm sticking with Joanna. Five rounds. I think she can withstand the the initial flurry.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. If she can Hold get past power. the if she can get past the first two rounds, I think it's I think it's Joanna's fight.
1: Yeah. Because she, I mean, the leg kicks that she threw. Yeah.
0: In, uh, she's a master. She's a master at maintaining distance on. too. Oh yeah, sure, her her distance game is on fucking point, man. Her ability to keep someone at bay and not allow them in, and her takedown defense is nasty too. You know, and yeah, she's way more- longer. She's way longer than Andrade. Andrade is short and squatty. Yeah, you know, Joanna's much. She's much longer. She has much longer, and she, she has such that. Yeah, I just talked myself out of it too. I know. <laughs> well, think how, about, it. Think cause, about cause how I, good cause a fighter because I'm almost positive if I go back and look at my my UFC picks on fantasy, I'm almost positive that I that I put, picked Andrade by submission. Yeah.
1: Now, if you think about it, Claudia Gadelia is a hell of a fighter. I think she's a better fighter than Andrade. Don't mm. want to beat her. Yeah. She withstood that early power and uh, yeah, take this stuff, and she did it. So uh, you, uh, you Polish power you wanna Joanna <laughs> And still I'm a Joanna I'm a gonna win I like that she has An Italian accent Even though she's from Poland <laughs> Alright now this one This is This is another one I'm gonna go, going back and forth on <sighs> Jorge Gamebred Masvidal Oh God. Dressed in all black For premeditated murder Against <laughs> the nicest Fucking anaconda in the world, the man that that should be king, but the UFC doesn't want to give a 38 year old jujitsu practitioner a title shot despite the fact that he's got six wins in a row and he's beating <laughs> straight killers with the greatest of ease, Damian Maya.
0: I don't, I can't see. Mm. I don't know that I'm ever gonna vote uh, that I'm ever gonna pick someone against Maya in this division. I think that he could easily be champion. He could be, but Jorge Masvidal, baby, he's got great
1: wrestling defense, and 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 Maya needs to get you to the ground.
0: Yeah, but he's been fucking nasty lately. His he's been so nasty lately. He's just been he's getting guys up to the fence, and they're fucking done.
1: The first misstep, the literally a misstep, a, a switch of footing, by Carlos, the natural born killer, Condit, and Maya was all over him. It was over. Yeah. It was a Fox main event. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say hard right. I here. don't,
0: and and I and I
1: don't,
0: I think Condit's a way better fighter. I, I mean, I I like all I think he's great. I think he's a great fighter. I think he's a really solid fighter, all around fighter. But I think Connet's a better fighter than he is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean uh, yeah, keep it straight. No, no, right I, just it. This Tedeschi's here. I have no fucking idea where I am, dude. <laughs> I have no fucking clue where this I am. This is
1: Dorchester, bro. We're gonna see Mark Wahlberg at any moment. Alright, so Everybody with the one thing that's my
0: eyeball <laughs> out.
1: <laughs> yeah, well it was a funky punch that he threw the blind to that guy. Let's begin fighting. Uh, Mark, you're marking the funky punch Funky punch <laughs> I may have said that on stage before uh, Alright So uh, Are <laughs> you right, fucking running material this, on me Kona? I think that's right, <laughs> this right. Well, I'm just reviewing old <laughs> Old bits This is a fucking This whole area is, uh, It's a
0: weird one Alright okay. Get all my fucking <laughs> weapons out of this car too you bro, you got, the the, you
1: got that mic. Those mic stands are pretty heavy.
0: But I got to get into the back to get You got a cane, up. bro. Nah, that thing's not going to do much. I do have a really, really solid pocket All right, take a right here. Jesus Christ, this is a joke now. You can take a right on red. It's a fucking joke. Uh, yeah. You're taking me around in fucking circles at this point. You know, in a way. I know it's giving me like four rights oh, in a okay. row. Okay, pull it
1: to this parking <laughs> lot right here. See this bar? Yeah, yeah. Here we are. No, 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 no. That's that, oh. that's a bar. That's a that's a dark and stormy road. You could go and do not enter. No one's in here. Just go around. I give
0: you permission to oh, break right. all that's traffic the
1: laws. Bar. Hey, my car's not towed.
0: Hey, Mark, I'm not towed. Where's your car?
1: It's right there. Yeah. Boom. All right, so let's wrap this up. Uh. Let's,
0: what I got. I, I'm, ne- I'm never picking against Maya. Maya by second round submission. Right. Maya by third round submission. All right. <sighs> Maya. I'm gonna even go tighter. Maya by third round rear naked choke. Ooh. Okay. I'm gonna say Jorge Masvidal by
1: unanimous decision. Oh, UD in the U D. <laughs> uh, honestly, I know. I think he might have to finish him. So I'm gonna say Jorge Masvidal by flying knee knockout. Maya going uh... for going for a leg. And just get kneed across the fucking jaw. Um, And what else? There's a couple. There's like well, Frankie Edgar against Diego Rodriguez. Yeah. Then you got Eddie Alvarez in his first fight since Conor McGregor just embarrassed him and took his belt at UFC 205 uh, against Dustin the Diamond Poirier. uh, Two men that Conor McGregor has derailed the hype of.
0: I am. Uh, I'm going with the popular picks on both of these. I think. Um, now, what's
1: the popular pick on Rodriguez? I mean, uh, on
0: Poirier and Alvarez? That one I haven't really focused on. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that Alvarez is a favorite in that fight. Okay. I can't imagine him not being coming yeah, off of being the champion. True. I mean, Poirier. He had a hell of a fight in Brooklyn against Jim Miller, but um,
1: yeah, I think he was dealing with a leg injury in that fight too. So.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, just just based on... Yeah, overall just skills. Just based on Alvarez's last win.
1: Yeah, oh, Alvarez's yeah, last win was I mean, very impressive was over Dos Santos. Was nasty, Dos
0: he just he just fucking... Well, Dos Anjos said he almost
1: him. died after the weight cut and then moved to Welterweight, but
0: uh-huh.
1: I hear you, I hear you. Actually, he didn't move to Welterweight right away after
0: that. He did have that Tony Ferguson fight so, in Mexico City. So, I got Frankie Edgar... By, de- by decision, I think he's just going to be up one side and down the other. Mm-hmm. I like guess takedowns. I think his pressures too much. I think his I think his pressures too much. I mean, fuck, man. All right,
1: I'm gonna. Agree yeah, your yeah, you. Rodriguez is a
0: really crafty stand-up fighter. Yeah, and he's great to watch and he's very exciting, but I don't think he's run into anybody that has the tenacity and the sheer will and the ferocity of Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar is a fucking dog on a bone. You're... Whoever the opponent is, is a bone. That's <laughs> the fucking end of a fishing line and you're just trying to reel the fucking bone in before Frankie Edgar can devour it. That's what most Frankie Edgar fights are like. Yeah. And I, I don't think... I don't think... I think Rodriguez is going to get... going to be like... Just completely overwhelmed. All right, I, I don't think he's going to be able to get off any of his fancy snazzy shit. I think he's going to try and get off a few in the beginning. In the first spin move he does, he's going to get fucking double legged and slammed on his back, yeah. and then he's going to get mauled for two minutes and then get up, and then he's going to get taken and then he get pushed up against the fence, take down again. He's going to get mauled for two minutes and then he's going to get back up and then he's going to get taken down again and he's get mauled for the last thirty seconds.
1: Alright, well, I'm, I, am i am gonna say, I'm also going with Roger, uh, excuse me, Frankie Egger. Jesus Christ, we're on so, the same
0: page this whole card. No, no, not the
1: same <laughs> card. I, I went, uh, Bread over Maya. And, oh, okay. And, and I'm gonna take Poirier over Alvarez. Oh, okay. Cause I think Poirier's got a little bit more confidence and Alvarez is a little bit shaken. So, uh, I think, I think Alvarez is, uh, is gonna fall. I think that one is gonna be a split decision win on Poirier's part. Now since we both agree on Edgar, um I'll go first. I think it's gonna be a unanimous decision. That's how awesome. that's my nice I already <laughs> said it. Oh you did. Okay, did well say, then I, I agree with say, you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How about this? I think it's gonna be unanimous decision. 29-28. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. Okay. I, all right. I'll, go thir- I'll go first 30, round. First I'll go round. thirty twenty seven. Okay. I'm gonna go all I'm right.
0: gonna go he's just he's gonna be a just gonna be a fucking prison rape. Alright. So uh that's that's
1: all there's there is more of the card. There's a grid undercard on there. You got um. oh fuck I'm drawing a complete blank but you got the redneck uh, Jason Knight going up against uh, another talented featherweight god damn it man okay. we'll look it up it's too late but hopefully we'll get together and maybe do an internet wrap up see how our picks went yeah but um awesome nick
0: all right brother thanks, a fun thanks night. for
1: broadcasting i'm really a... gonna take my max martial arts gear out of your back seat
0: and... all right brother safe travel home and uh we'll talk to you soon mmaniacs over and out that's the end no read it. The MMAX Podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at thirteen thirty-eight Hookset Road in Hookset and their phone number is six oh three six four one three four four four. Their website is ww.teenlinkhooksetnh dot com. Uh I've been training in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for about twenty years and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it, uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MManiacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.